Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. And we are back. Welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I am Minutes. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Paul, how how are you? G'day, Minutes. G'day, everyone. I'm good. It's going to be a fun show if you've got a couple of hiccups. I'm sure you'll get over them. Yeah, you'll have to scare me with some cricket stats or something. Um... Yeah, we took we took an unscheduled break last week, but we're back. We've got almost a, a little two part show here. We've got our super over, so we're going to start off with our top six uh, talking points from the IPL IPL's first week and a half. So we've got the super over to kick things off. Then there's a bit of Australian cricket news to wrap things up since we last recorded. Paul, should, should we get into it with, with the IPL? We're, we're 14 games in. There's already a lot to talk about. Absolutely, Menas. Now, if um, anybody out there is still unconvinced as to whether they um, whether they want to give the IPL a chance, I don't know, for some listeners, that would be an amazing concept because in some parts of the world, it's number one. But there are still uh, pockets of fans in Australia and England and other parts of the world who um, have never experienced it. Uh, you could have done a lot worse um, than to tune in to the game that was on last night, one of the two games on last night, Gujarat Titans up against the Kolkata Knight Riders. Um, this is the first ball of our Super Over. Uh, so we're going to have six snappy topics. And Menas, they got to the point where Kolkata, chasing um, Gujarat's total of four for 204, needed 39 from nine. Now, my whole life, uh, the kind of mm-hmm. the moment when you can hit every ball for four and not win has always been like a, a cutoff. Um, I know you technically can still win, 
But at that point, I've never seen a side um, in all my life win from there. And it actually annoys me when the commentators give them a chance. Like, oh, you know, they, the, all they've got to do is hit five sixes and four fours or whatever else. It's like, guys, the game is over. Stop trying to promote it. Uh, and that's mm. what we got to last night, didn't we? Absolutely. And I just want to echo your sentiments about, you know, if you're sort of sitting on the fence about the IPL, you certainly should get into it because pretty soon you're going to have no choice. It's going to be raining like eight, eight, nine months of the year. There's going to be no other cricket to watch. It's just going to be all IPL franchises. So you better get on get on board or, or find a new sport. Um, I've always, um, at this point, whenever we get to this point, I always echo what our, our friend of the show, Patrick Avenal, says that um, in 10 years' time, the Ashes will consist of a five-match T20 series between uh, Chennai Super Kings and Mumbai Indians. So, yeah, look forward to that, everyone. <laughs> Tony will still be playing. All right. Now, yeah, let's get into the first ball. So you mentioned it. So we had not just one of the games of the – well, not the game of the IPL so far. These hiccups are really driving me nuts. Um, this, is, this is going to be like the hiccup episode of Cricket and Let me scare you. I don't like DRS. No, oh, Jesus. Who is that no, over there? Uh, just for anyone – Watching that, that was a joke to try to scare him. I do like DRS. <laughs> yes, please, please. Uh, you don't want that that label. Um, but we we not just saw the, uh, you know we're talking about you know a feat that's never been achieved before in any men's T Twenty cricket game. So Gujarat batted first, and they made it two hundred and four for four. Vijay Shankar made sixty three off twenty four balls and a strike rate of two hundred and sixty two, and he scored forty five. 40 he helped um Gujarat score 45 runs in the last two overs so an incredible finish for Gujarat 207 you're thinking right they're 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 looking pretty good here and then out come the Kolkata Knight Riders and they get off to a pretty good start Venkatesh Iyer makes 83 off 40 Rana made 45 off 29 and they're sticking with it. But then the Gujarat captain, Rashid Khan, just comes in and takes a hat trick. And he gets Andre Russell out. Then he gets Narain. Then he gets um, Shadul Thakur. So a really good hat trick for Rashid Khan. And at that point, the Kolkata Knight Riders are seven for 155 in the 17th over. And really, the game's looking gone for um, Kolkata. And then it got down to 39 off nine, as Paul said. And then in the last over, the first ball was a, a single to get um, Singh on strike, Singh on strike. And then he hit five sixes in a row to win the game. Just incredible. So um, ESPN Crick Info have a almost like a win viz. Um, and they had at the end of uh, ball one of the last over, Kolkata just had a 1.29% chance. And then after ball uh, ball two, a 0.61% chance. So at the beginning of the over, Kolkata had no chance. They hit five sixes in a row. <laughs> Incredible. Um, it's the highest number of runs ever scored in the last over of a T20 game to win. The previous high score was 23, scored by the, six, the Sixers against the Thunder. There you go, Paul. And the rising Pune Super Giants. So just incredible. Yeah, and um, a couple of other incredible points that, uh, as men have said, Rashid Khan took a hat-trick. The ball, uh, two balls before he took a hat-trick, um, there was a, another wicket. Alzari Joseph took a wicket. So they they lost four for one off five balls. And we didn't even mention that in the intro. That's normally the highlight of any game of cricket. 
And I was talking about how they needed um, 39 off nine. Uh, I'm a bit of a fool because the next ball was a dot ball. <laughs> so they actually needed 39 mm-hmm. off eight. I don't know why I, was, um, I chose that point to um, uh, uh, draw the line. So they actually needed 39 from eight. So they basically had to score five a ball and they did it. So, um, yeah, uh, incredible. If you've got a chance, if you've got KO, um, don't watch the mini. Actually watch the game because you can uh, fast forward to the end. The mini doesn't do it justice because it's sort of uh, – it happens too quickly. But if you actually watch the full game, those last couple of overs and pretend that you don't know it, uh, you'll have a great time. So the bowler Yash Dale bowled the last over for the um, Gujarat Titans who conceded the five sixes. And look, Rinku Singh played really well, really well. But those first three or four deliveries were just pies. I mean, the first three sixes were full tosses ready to be hit. Now you've still got to hit them. So it's not a, a knock on the batter. Like I've, I've seen lots of batters in that situation hit the ball straight down the field and throw it and get out. So it was still astonishing batting, but it was not good bowling at all. Then the fourth six, I think, was a half tracker, sort of wide wide enough. He still hit it straight over the bowler's head in, in a peculiar place. But i got to say, that was some pretty shocking bowling. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't mention that. Uh, it, it is true. And short boundaries as well. But um, still, you can't really take anything away from... Um, from the from Rinku and from um, from the batting side, and uh, one of the you know one of the the most exciting games of T uh, Twenty cricket ever played, I would say. Rashid Khan now has four T Twenty hat tricks, the most by any player. All right, so now to our second ball, and this is going to be fun for all you international fans out there, because the Aussies are playing in the IPL and they're not exactly taking it by storm, Paul. Uh, it's. It's pretty embarrassing, actually. It's at the point where uh, watching along, whenever the Aussies are kind of involved, I think, oh, gosh, um, I, if I had my money on this match, I'd have it on the other side. Even even to the point where the other night, um, Maxwell came out and smashed one, I think it was a six he hit. And I actually wrote in my notes thinking, oh, well, maybe he hit a four. But I sort of said, um, I don't have the same faith that I used to have in Maxwell. And sure enough, next ball, he got clean bowled in a p- pretty ordinary shot. So... Yeah, the Aussies have been particularly disappointing so far. Uh, just going through them with the bat. Tim David, um, I mean, to be fair, they haven't had much opportunity yet. We're only talking two, three games into the tournament. So plenty of things can change. Uh, Tim David got a few runs the other night. And he got a 31, uh, as the rest of the, the Mumbai Indians didn't do much. Um, but that's about the the only um, real runs of note. Marcus Stoinis has scored... 43 runs, but at a strike rate of 105. Cameron Green has um, batted twice without looking impressive. He's failed twice. Uh, Mitchell Marsh has failed twice. Glenn Maxwell um, has failed once. Uh, the other time he came out and cracked a couple of sixes, so I've still got um, plenty of hope for him. Matt Short made his um, uh, debut for the Punjab Kings. Uh, just got the solitary run. He got a pretty and- good ball. He got a pretty good ball to get him out, actually. That's um, that's yeah. It's exciting that he's um, that he's going to be um, hopefully getting a bit more of an opportunity there. But the big talking point is also David Warner. That um, as far as runs are going, he's, he's going well. He's scored um, 158 runs at an average of 53. And to be fair to him, uh, he's been batting often in the middle of a collapse. The Delhi Capitals um, have not looked at all very good. But the concern is that David Warner's strike rate. He's only scoring at a, a strike rate of 117. Um, <clears throat> In his last game, when he got out, uh, he got out and then they reprieved him because there was um, 
not the requisite number of fielders inside the circle. But before they realized that, I think um, the commentator said something like, you know, it's put him out of his misery kind of thing. And he, he'd scored 60-odd uh, at the time, went on, to, went on to make 65. But the joke we're sort of talking about, he's, he's looking morphing into Aaron Finch at the moment, Menace. <laughs> well, he's got about the same strike rate, 117. So I think it's too early to tell with Warner. I echo those sentiments that in the games, it feels like there's been wickets falling around him all the time and he's tried to play responsibly and hold the innings together. In the most recent Capitals game where they were chasing that big Royals score, I felt that a Warner, every time he wanted to get going, a wicket or two would fall at the other end and he kind of had to rein it back. So I've, I've still got faith that Warner can do it. I mean, some phenomenal stats. I think he's scored almost 60 scores over 50 in the I, IPL. He went up past 6,000 IPL runs um, to, to just the third player to do that. So he's an absolute monster in the IPL. So I've still got a lot of faith, uh, but he'll need to improve his strike rate. He just can't go, can't go along hitting it at 120, opening the batting in the IPL. That's not, not good enough. But I think he needs his teammates to give him a hand. Definitely. And, I mean, from an Australian point of view, uh, at least he's getting runs. And we looking ahead to the, the World Test Championship final that's in England and then potentially um, if he's still on the side for the Ashes and then uh, for the World Cup that's in India later on in the year, it's at least, you know, um, it's far better to be averaging 50 at a reasonably respectable rather than a superb strike rate than, than not. Uh, turning our attention to the bowling, um, Jason Berendorf's copped some tap in the in the couple of games that he's played. Cameron Green, uh, ditto. Uh, Mitch Marsh hasn't really bowled much. Glenn Maxwell's bowled just the one over. Marcus Stoinis hasn't bowled at all. The one positive light has been Nathan Ellis, and uh, he's taken five wickets. His uh, economy rate has been 8.5, but um, I, I think he looks really good, and um, I, I think it's uh, a pleasing confirmation of what we've been feeling, that he's a a bowler right at the top of his game. And I hope that the Australian selectors really do have him in their sights for the for the 50-over World Cup. I think um, when I said jokingly before that when the Australians are coming out to either bat or bowl, I'm a bit nervous and would have my money on the opposition, the, the opposite is the case with Ellis. I have a sense of comfort that he's going to do pretty well. It's a good point you make about the Australian players and the fact that they are not dominating this IPL. And there's not a lot of them. So there's 10 teams in the IPL now. And I think, I think there's only 13 or 14 Australians spread across the 10 teams. So that's not a lot. Um, and I've actually noticed that there's a real international fla- flavour to this tournament that it used to be, you know, every team wanted the Aussies or perhaps a few Poms or West Indians, but there's play- players from everywhere. There's an Irish bowler, Josh yeah. Little. There's um, Gurbaz from Afghanistan. There's um, Ragdapaksha from Sri Lanka. There, there's, there's a real sprinkling. Um, yeah, Shikanda uh, Raza from Zimbabwe as well. Um, yeah, it's you're right, there is. Uh, so, uh, that's our second ball. Moving on to our third ball, um, Menas. We're about uh, 14 games in of a what is it, a 90 game, um, a 90 game season. So, um, is it a 90 game or do I just make that up? Uh, I think that's uh, I right. think it's like 190. So 190. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> who are the star players in your mind so far? Well, it's not so much the star players. I've just had a bit of a look at some of the performances so far to give listeners a bit of a flavour of the way this IPL started, and it is a little bit different to last IPLs because. Uh, for the last few years, because of COVID, they've been played in limited venues, but we're actually get, getting back to that classic home and away uh, tournament style where 
home ground advantage is, is a legitimate thing. We do see a variation in conditions, and we've seen that so far. So already in just 14 games, there's there's been six team scores over 200, the highest score being CSK's 217. So um, a, uh, <laughs> an interesting – so high scoring already. Um, Batting-wise, Shikha Darwin, the Punjab Kings captain, after three innings has made the most runs, 225, and he has the highest score, 99 not out. Not not out. So he actually has only been dis- – he's not out twice, so his average is 225 after three matches, so a hell of a start for him. That innings, though, um, happened on Sunday night, the same night as Singh's five sixes in a row. Darwin made 99 not out out of 143 uh, batting first for the Punjab Kings. So that's a, a Bannerman-like domination of the scoring, Paul. Yeah, I noticed that at the time. I was thinking, as I often do, about Charles Bannerman's um, record f- from all those years ago in 1877. Um, yeah, um, just to your point, it's a good one around... Actually, by the way, I think it's 70 group matches, not 90. Uh, but to your point around the fact that they are returning to the stadiums for the first time in a long time, it kind of crept up on me that um, because obviously with the, um, the 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 COVID situation, some of the matches have been played in the UAE, some of the matches have been played in hubs. For, for, for many of these venues, it's about four years since they've actually been able to play in, in front of their, their home crowds. Uh, I was interested, you might have heard it as well, but I was listening to um, Barrett's Under Race and talking to Jared Waitley on um, SCN Radio in Australia. And, and Barrett was sort of making the point that the the length of time that the fans have had to go without supporting their teams, almost counterintuitively, he thinks has actually strengthened the affinity for the teams, that, that even though it's only been a competition around for 16 years, and so it doesn't have the, the you know, parents and grandparents supporting the same teams and passing that on to their kids, that having to go without has really... Um, galvanise the bonds that fans have for their teams and that if anything, well, not if anything, but definitely that the IPL this season so far is the biggest and best it's ever been in terms of the the level of interest uh, uh, pouring through India. I think that, I mean, I think it's because everyone, you know, appreciates what they lost now and um, is just thrilled to be able to go back and not taking that freedom of going to the cricket for granted. So, Darwin leading run scorer. Then you've got Guy Quad second, 189. Warner third, 158 runs. And Butler fourth, 152 runs. Butler's got the highest strike rate, 180.95. So they're the top four leading run scorers. But Darwin 99, no doubt. Superb performance. This is what I'm going to be keeping track of throughout uh, the, the IPL. Most sixes. So in just three matches, Guy Quad has hit 14 sixes. So if he goes on at this rate and plays all 14 games, he's going to score almost 100 sixes just himself. Um, Kyle Mayers uh, from the West Indies uh, playing for the Lucknow Super Giants, nine sixes. And, of course, uh, Rinku Singh, nine sixes, five of those coming in that last over. No slouches either. Faf Duplessis, who's playing for RCB, who's getting on a bit. He's almost 40, still hits the ball a long way. Shikadam, we spoke about eight sixes. And at Shimron Hetmeyer, playing for the Royals, eight sixes, averaging a tick under 100 and a strike rate a, t- a little bit under 180. So some destructive stuff already. Yeah, but, uh, there was that game where Coley and um, Faf came out and just absolutely got the runs on on their own on their own bats. Um 
I, I don't know if there's any player that I can think of just off the top of my head. I haven't done the numbers, but who's more different at test level than they are at um, T20 level. That Faf's absolutely explosive, but at test level, he's a very, very sort of good, but, um, you know, stodgy sort of player. The difference is, is enormous. But for me, I still think Butler is the best. If I had to pick one batter only for my side, if I was forming my own IPL side, uh, Joss Butler is the number one. Um, Ravi Bishnoi, Ravi Bishnoi, the leg spinner who plays for Lucknow Super Giants, didn't have the greatest season um, sort of kicking off his career last year. Uh, he's kind of, of those who bowled a fair bit, is leading the economy rates with 6.25. Ravi Ashwin and Mitch Santner are up there as well. So as always, the spinners are doing really well. Uh, and for the quicks, Jason Holder, Trent Bolt, and Alzari Joseph has, uh, has been bowling really well. Uh, I've had my doubts about Alzari Joseph at T20 level, but he's had a very good start to the tournament so far. Yeah, on Faf Duplessis, I wonder if it's a little bit of the same thing that happened to Shane Watson, that once he was able to give up, you know, playing test cricket and also 50-over cricket and just concentrate on the shortest form of the game, that he's really been able to improve some of those skills. Um, all right. Um, most wickets in the tournament so far, Mark Wood, eight wickets. Yuzi Chahal, eight wickets for the Royals. And sorry, Mark Wood, uh, eight wickets for the Lucknow Super Giants. He took the only five-wicket haul, mm. five for 14, bowled really quick. And Rashid Khan, uh, eight wickets as well for the Gujarat Titans. I think he bowled um, the ball, ball of the tournament, I think, uh, Wood. It was one. It was a 148 uh, clicks, and it was just unplayable. I've, um, I've forgotten who was facing it, uh, but it was, um, it was a very exciting spell. He got two wickets and two balls at one point. It looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep an eye on this during the IPL, but a bit of interest heading into the the Ashes, um, Woods playing in the IPL, also Archer. So interesting, sort of just keeping an eye on their fitness as um, the old enemy look to throw them against the Aussies uh, later on this year. And looking at economy rates, uh, best economy rates. Now, it's really early for this one, um, but of, of the bowlers who've bowled a lot, you mentioned Bishnoi, um, Ravi Ashwin, 6.41, um, 12 overs, just con- going at just over a runner ball. Very good. Also, Mitch Santner going at just under seven runs per over. And interesting, he's playing for the Chennai Super Kings, also Ravi Jadeja. So you've got two left-arm tweakers bowling, very similar. And so far, their figures are very similar. So interesting if Santner can hold his um, spot in the team. With the um, tournament so far, probably one thing we have um, not mentioned so far is the big loss of Kane Williamson. I think he did a, a ligament to his knee um, very early in the tournament and he's gone home and he's going to miss the 50-over World Cup. So, uh, you know, Williamson's going to miss most of this year. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise he was going to miss the 50-over World Cup. So it, it looked – it was one of those ones that initially looked innocuous because it was a six uh, – he's one of those ones he's on the boundaries trying to stop the six and it, it didn't look so bad. But then clearly when he had to be helped from the field in, in some pain um, – yeah, that sucks. Uh, I'm disappointed for him um, significantly. Um, just on one other, before I forget it, the the whole notion of, um, we'll probably come to this in our sixth ball of the Super Over, but that of um, Archer and Stokes and others warming up for the Ashes, you know, the, it, there's a lot of old men in England right now very, <laughs> very angry that they should be in cotton wool in England or bowling, you know, loads of long, slow spells in county cricket, not, not bowling four overs <laughs> or, or having a few slogs in India. Um, that's the way, the modern way there, that um, preparation is very different than it used to be. 
So that that's a look at things early on. Uh, Darwin at the top of the runs, some high scoring so far. Would the bowler to watch? I don't know what caps they're giving out this summer. I've got to check for the next show and we'll update you on the cap situation for the next episode. All right, now to ball number four, Paul. Yes. Now, I am a bit embarrassed by um, by this. The fact <laughs> that we have in Australia tried to get an impact player or some sort of substitution in cricket going for a while. But I had that back in the in the 50 over tournament back in the day when you could sub one player out and they used to laugh because Glenn McGrath always knew that um, if the toss went the right way, he'd be subbed out. And so he knew either way he wasn't going to be batting. And so he'd turn up to the game with just a tiny little, almost like a handbag because he didn't need to bring his um, bats and gloves. But <laughs> but more recently, it didn't really work in the big bash, the um, whatever yep. they called it, the the Superman. The X-Factor. Or whatever it's called, something the like X- that. And India's just tried it once and got it right perfectly, first time. Like, it's just like, (laughs) I think that Australia was tiptoeing up to doing it, but still didn't want to cross a threshold. And the threshold's always been, you only have 11 players that can play and anyone else who comes on can only field. Uh, Obviously, the concussion sub that has, has kind of changed that. But we were sort of saying, well, if if a batter bats, then then the, the next guy that comes on, if you just bring on a pure bowler, that's not right and everything. And India's just gone, actually, no, let's just do it that way. So what happens is you don't have to nominate um, your starting 11 until after the toss. So you know whether you're batting and bowling or bowling. You've got four subs that you can have on the bench. So you can kind of get the whole range of what you need to do. And what it means is that, you know, you could take, um, I'll take the example of just this most, uh, that, that amazing game that we we're just talking about. Um, so Suyash Sabish, Suyash Sharma, who is um, an up-and-coming leg spinner, played um, and he bowled one for 35. He's a specialist leg spinner. Um, he bowled for, the, for KKR. Then when KKR were batting, um, at the fall of the first wicket, Venkatesh Iyer was subbed in in place of Suyash, Suyash Sharma and came out and belted 83 off 40. So you got four quality specialist overs, um, and then a specialist batter. And I think this is absolutely how it should be, that it's not going the full length of Americanization, specialization that you have in, you know, like in the NFL where you've got a, a specialist player to do absolutely everything and it kind of it goes down a path I don't think cricket wants to go down. But I think what it does do is it means that rather than, as we sometimes see sort of dodgy off-spin off, off three steps being kind of shunted in to, to get the fifth bowler somehow out of the way. And it, it's removing that, that fifth bowler option that was a part-timer one way or the other. You can now have a specialist there and yet still have a specialist batter. I just think it improves the uh, the whole thing for the spectators. And um, how is it that Australia couldn't have um, realised this? And I think we should definitely copy this for the next Big Bash. Interesting. I, I like the rule too, and I think it works perfectly for the IPL because you've got very deep, talented squads. And as you say, you're not uh, you're getting the best quality out there all the time. You're getting to see that extra batter or the extra quality overs that you spoke about. So I think it works really well for the IPL because of the deep benches. I don't know if it would translate as well to the Big Bash where there's not the quality usually sitting on the bench. So I don't think it would have the same impact as it does in the IPL. Uh, but I like the fact that you can name the team after the toss and there's no funny 
funny rules. Basically, once you sub someone out, they're gone, and the new person coming in can do everything. I really like that. Uh, do you think it would it does sort of change the role of an all rounder because it was really important, you know, to have that bowler. Uh, that you know that batter who could bowl those four overs. Do you think it nullifies that importance? Uh, good question. I don't think so. I think there's still scope for all rounders. It might um, reduce it slightly, but you you could still have a situation as well. I, you know, it's one of these ones that sometimes my head struggles to get to, to think it through. But if you had a situation where suddenly you were five for thirty and you're 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 you've got oh we've got to make the sub straight away and bring in another batter to help things out and we'll, we'll let the second innings look after itself. Those sorts of things. If the, if the other batter that you're going to bring in is someone who can bowl a bit as well, that's, that's going to be uh, definitely, definitely to your advantage. I, I just think it, it just takes out a, a few too many Darren Lehman sort of style bowlers bowling filthy <laughs> off spin. Um, I don't know why I picked on Darren Lehman there. Oh, Darren. Um, yeah. So, but, shooting on <laughs> but I think that um, I think it can still work in Australia. I agree that the depth, isn't there, but you would put players on the bench that you haven't you haven't done so heretofore. I mean, someone like Kawaja, who's not going to bowl, um, you could have him sitting on the bench with every intention that okay, we're bowling first. Um, was he? Uh, you sit on the bench. Then, as soon as the um, the, the innings is over, you sub him on for uh, the worst of the bowlers, uh, the worst specialist bowler. So you're still getting a specialist batter replacing a specialist bowler, and both getting to do what they specialize in. All right, so big fans, both Paul and I, of the Impact player, ball number four. All right, ball number five. Now, we're going to be doing power rankings throughout the IPL, sort of looking at not necessarily which team is on on top of the ladder, but which is the the hottest team for the week. Now, as this is our first show, um, we get a sort of – well, we get a slow start because we're just three games into the tournament or three rounds in. But I'll go through the ladder, then I'm going to pick my hottest team. Um, And I just want to say that – you know, and I don't want to knock the big bash, but the ladder really bloody means something in this tournament. There's 10 teams, only four make the finals. It's cutthroat. There's billions of dollars at stake. This is this is the big time. So, um, you know, uh, there's no gimmies in this ladder. It's not like most of the teams get a chance in the finals. You know, if you're finishing in the top four of a 10-team comp, you've played really well. There's no sort of sneaking into the finals. So at the moment, there's six teams on four points. The, the Royals are on top with the net run rate of two. Then you've got the Kolkata Knight Riders in second spot on four points. Then Lucknow on four points. Gujarat on four points. Chennai on four points. And Pujab on four points. So they've all got two wins and they've all got one loss. Um, no team is undefeated. And then you've got on two points, Royal Challengers Bangalore, who actually won a game. Sunrisers have won one of three. So they're on two points. And then down the bottom, Mumbai, none from two. The powerhouses of the tournament, a very slow start. Tim David uh, hasn't done anything for them, so Paul will be disappointed. And Delhi Capitals, uh, three games, three losses. Uh, So that's Ricky Ponting's team. So so that's the ladder, Um, very early days. Um, but I still think if you're Delhi, none from three, uh, you know, you'd be nervous if you're Ricky Ponting for sure. Um, and I'm going to pick my hottest team. It's a really easy one, Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, they, you know, to win that game when they were, you know, basically on the canvas uh, for Rinku Singh to pull out that performance. And, you know, what it meant was the Gujarat Titans 
didn't become the, t- the only team on six points in the end. Uh, so I'm putting Kolkata Knight Riders as my uh, hottest team of the week. Uh, they're my power, my power ranking number one team. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, I um, I would have them up there, but I, I also um, I really quite like the Rajasthan Royals as well. Um, you know, we've we've kind of picked the two teams at the top of the ladder, but in uh, I actually did this without <laughs> knowing the ladder. Mixed. <laughs> I actually did this without knowing the ladder because I'd um, I hadn't I hadn't looked at the ladder. I just thought which of the teams that I think are the sort of um, the ones that I'm but, really impressed. Can I just backtrack a bit? Do you agree with me though? Like as opposed to Big Bash lads, as opposed to a lot of other T20 comps, this ladder is it's it's like a real it's a knife fight. It's you know, four teams out of ten, fourteen rounds. I mean, it's it's a it's a proper comp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anytime you've got ten going into four, it's a lot more difficult than we've had with the Big Bash, where it's got to the point where it's what eight going into five, um, where yeah. you know that's so. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Um, anyway. No, it would be, what would be great is if they could go to the next level and actually have a relegation thing. That would be uh, pretty, pretty uh, courageous if they had a, a team that sat out and then they said, right, next year, if you come 10th, you sit out and we bring the other team in. Yeah, That'd even, yeah you, put, you have to play in the big bash, suck on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I like Rajasthan Royals with... Uh, with Butler. Um, I like their bowling lineup that, um, you know, I like Ashwin in there. I like Bolt, uh, Chahal. There's no one in there as well that I look at and think, oh, he's a player that could get taken down. I sort of um, look at them as, as, as pretty solid. Um, and I think Gujarat as well, that, um, you know, Rashid Khan, Alzari Joseph, uh, Mohammed Shami. Um, India. That, um, absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah, they've got um, some other decent batters as well. So Gill and Saha, Miller, um, and even though that Williamson is gone, um, he probably wasn't going to be an absolute dominant player for them. So uh, it was interesting because I was listening to a podcast um, a few weeks ago where they were talking about how, yeah, they won it last year, but they they won lots and lots of close games and the law of average will, the law of averages will eventually catch them up. Well, uh, it hasn't so far. They've, uh, they've started pretty well. So, um, yeah, I think that they're near the top. Um, and just you mentioned Delhi Capitals. Uh, I'm a, a little bit concerned about them, and I'm also concerned about Sunrisers Hyderabad. I think that they're the two sides that uh, worry worry me a little bit at the moment. If I was um, if I was a fan of those two sides, but um, we need to put massive disclaimers in, of course, that this is the first week. Um, these things will definitely change, so please don't um, please don't go out and put money on these sides that, at our suggestion. So, who's your hottest team of the week? Um, my hottest team of the week is um, is the Rajasthan Royals. Okay. We've gone from one and two. Love it. All right. Now, uh, so the final ball, the over. What have you got for us, Paul? Okay. So, um, Menas and I like the IPL um, and we like Big Bash cricket. We like T20 cricket. And I, I want to have this idea that for the future of cricket, we can have the best of both worlds. Um there's just a couple of articles that I read in the in the papers in the in the the last few days from English journalists, and they're both kind of um, not negative about the future, uh, certainly positive about the future of the IPL, but a little bit negative about the future of Test cricket and and sort of comparing that to the IPL. Um, so the first one um, from uh, it was from uh, Jonathan Liu from the Guardian, concluded with. Um, I think this is a pretty cool line where he sort of said, um, 
that um, the IPL is indifferent to your opinion of it. Your presence at the spectacle is not required, but you'll be present nonetheless because jo- Joss Butler is teeing off at a strike rate of 240 and you will definitely want to watch that. In this country, he means England, you still frequently hear debates about how the IPL can be somehow constrained or accommodated, how the global game of cricket can weatherproof itself against its effects, to which the only response is just look at it. These are the debates that should have been probably happening 14 years ago. And then he's concluded, uh, turn on the IPL now and you can see Visit Saudi and Qatar Airways hoardings plastered across a stadium named after Narendra Modi while Dhoni thumps a pull shot into the screaming void. This, if you think about it, is probably what winning looks like. And the other one from Barney, Barney Rone made the point about this, the ashes coming up and the excitement of it sort of, of test cricket, but then added, but it is also the beginning, beginning of the end. It is tempting to glaze over a little when anyone starts to talk about the end of test cricket. This is a sport that thrives on dying, that seems to have been dying with a robust sense of theatre since the day it was born. But this thing is actually happening now. That ice shelf really is shearing off right in front of us. Welcome to the last great summer of tests. And he prefaced that with some comments around about the fact that um, uh, players like Stokes were playing in the IPL and and that the Ashes would eventually become something like golf's Ryder Cup, where it's sort of squeezed into a little few weeks and away we go. And it is being squeezed in. You know, it's five tests in six weeks. Um, I don't agree with them. I Maybe I'm naive, but I have the feeling that, uh, especially seeing the, the huge interest in India of the India-Australia test series that's just gone, that we can have the best of both worlds and that we can have it such that, yeah, the IPL is going to dominate for, um, and it's going to be an ever-lengthening time. And when I said 90 matches before, that's because I was thinking, oh, it's it's 10 teams. They should be playing 90 matches. They haven't got to that level yet, but they will soon. And so that'll extend it to um, an even longer period of time. But I still think that maybe along the lines of a soccer window where there'll be international time and we have to have condensed test series and really um, squeeze them in a little bit, but that's, that's okay. I still think we can get the best of both worlds that the IPL and other tournaments can be great fun to watch, but we'll still have uh, test cricket um, to, to enjoy for years to come. I don't think it's dying. What do you think? Well, um, interesting points you bring up. I think the future is here. I think if you look at the future tours program and um, we saw the difference in the the schedules between some of the richest nations who have quite a bit of test cricket and then some nations playing a lot less test cricket. And I think if you look at the calendar now, it is dominated by T20 competitions and, you know, this trend of the IPL franchises buying up teams in other competitions around the world uh, does lend itself to um, employing players year-round and you're starting to see players from smaller countries but but not limited to smaller countries um, retiring from red ball cricket, not accepting contracts, so they're available uh, to be employed from franchises. So uh, the writers are right that the cricket is changing in front of us and it's changing very fast and it's, it's going to be very different to what we grew up with. But I, I tend to agree with you that um, – Overall, uh, there are more opportunities for cricketers. So uh, more young people, when they're looking at taking out professional sport, will see cricket as a valid um, alternative. Like, in the, you know, it's, if you're not good enough to bat, play in the test team, oh, well, bad luck, you don't have a career. No, there's a lot of other ways. So, And also, it's like you said, that we'll, we will have those windows where the tests, those sort of marquee test series are played. Um, but I, I guess... I see where the writers are coming from, but overall, I think 
there's more money coming into the game. More and more people are playing it. There's more opportunities. There's more competitions. Every day I turn on, there's more and more cricket to watch. Um, but test cricket as we know it certainly is changing. And, you know, we saw a one-off test match between Bangladesh and Ireland um, last week. It was fantastic. But, you know, who knows when they'll, Ireland will next play a test match. Yes, I agree. And I think that what, what maybe some people need to think about is what would the world look like without T20 cricket and without the IPL, the cricketing world? Because the rest of the sporting world has moved ahead very, very quickly. And I don't think if we had no T20 and no IPL and no franchise cricket, I don't think cricket would be thriving. I don't think we'd be, you know, oh, we're looking forward to the next five test series and test cricket is still dominating. I, I think that the world was moving on and cricket would have become a smaller and smaller sport without it. And so when you see the stats that the IPL now on a per game basis is the second most lucrative television rights sport in the world, I think that's wonderful. I just feel, I feel pride for cricket. And, and yeah, as I said, I think in its absence, um, uh, cricket would be in a much worse situation. It's going to be different in the future, but um, you know, I'm not, I'm not as scared by it as maybe some of them, some people are. Yes, and um, I just echo what I said during the India-Australia Test Series. I actually just want to get to India now and soak up this passion and this love for the game. Um, We've got to be All right. Absolutely. All right, so that's it. That's our first IPL Super Over show, done and dusted. Uh, Six balls uh, every week. We're going to be doing it around Monday night, um, four back Tuesday night. Quickly acknowledge a couple of comments. I might quickly acknowledge them. Um, Sorry to jump in. No, go Um, for it. So just um, Naman Garg um, said, will David want to play his last test match in the World Test Championship final? Every possibility. Um, sorry, guys, Nathan Ellis looks like a running spinner. He does a bit, but he's still very good. Um, and he made the same point as you, that he doesn't like the impact player because it removes the all-rounder option. Um, Gershon Singh Sanger. Um, Pajara is the only non-contracted batter who has his place set in the Indian World Test Championship final 11. Good point. And then lastly, from um, Robin Summon, do you think the Indian players should forfeit the last three or four games of the IPL and head to England to prepare for the World Test Championship? Absolutely, they should. Um, and the chances of that happening is zero. Um, and they probably shouldn't, actually. They should, <laughs> they should um, stick with their franchises and do their best when they get to England. All right, so that is it for the Super Over Show. So if you're listening on the podcast, um, Paul and I are about to record an update with some cricket news, so download and listen to that one. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.